Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I want you to join me in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Today I'm going to take just a few moments and work on the thought about governmental increase. Our Bible says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given. You know, babies are born in a moment, but sons are produced through process. Our text says, a child was born to us, but a son is given to us. It's important we understand that. On Christmas night, a baby was born. But the baby isn't in the manger anymore. Because he's not a child. He's a son. Governmental increase. Lord, help us receive your word today. And the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God everlasting or eternal father prince of peace this will be watch this and there will be no end no end to the increase of his government or a peace on the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness for then for then and forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will accomplish this speak Lord I pray in the mighty name of Jesus and the church shouted let's give him more praise as we're being seated thank you musicians well here we are you can be seated this morning here we are the Sunday after Christmas all the parties are done All the carols have been sung. That rhymed and I didn't even know it. All the gifts have been opened. The food has been eaten. The trees and the lights may have been put away. All the Christmas glitter is over. And all that matters is who was in the manger. Who was in the manger? 700 years before the wise men came and the angels sang and the shepherds had their supernatural encounter. Isaiah saw what Christmas was really all about. 
Matter of fact, one theologian called our text the cornerstone of all prophetic prophecy. Somewhere around 725 B.C., where we find our text, Judah was being terrorized by their enemy, the Assyrians. Assyria had reached the apex of power and dominion. And now they are poised to attack Judah, poised to attack Israel. And now Israel is in bad shape. Israel is morally bankrupt, militarily weakened because they have turned their back on God and gone their own way. It won't be too long after Isaiah declares this prophecy 700 years before it would take place that Israel would be attacked, overrun. They would be crushed in defeat. Many of them would be brutally murdered and families would be broken up forever. The land would be devastated and economic havoc would be imposed and Israel as a nation would be brought to her knees in shame and humiliation and judgment. But Isaiah in our text peers beyond the day of devastation into a day of prophetic deliverance. You see, Judah was being terrorized by their enemies and God's answer to their terror was a child would be born. And a son would be given. And to his government, there would be no ends. You see, God's answer to everything that terrorizes his people is a child is born and a son is given. If I could give you any hope for where we are in a nation today and where the church is today is there was a son, there was a child born and a son given. There is a government, there is an authority and a power uh, that has no end, a kingdom without end. So Isaiah, God opens his eyes and Isaiah receives a prophetic birth announcement. A child is born. He sees it 700 years before it takes place. You know, it's odd, isn't it? Because most birth announcements take place after the child is born. But this one was sent 700 years before. And if you're wondering about Israel and the prophetic word that was given during their their time of terror... You, you, you must understand that Israel's captivity, because ultimately they were taken into captivity, has nothing to do with God's ability to deliver, but has everything to do with Israel's refusal to repent. You know, you can have a prophetic promise over your life. There can be a prophetic promise over this house. There can be a prophetic promise over our nation, and I believe there is. But she must come to the place of repentance to release the prophetic promise. Don't look around at what you see and think, where is God and how come God does not deliver us? God is waiting on a nation to move into repentance. God is waiting for a church to move into repentance. God is waiting on that son and daughter to move into repentance. Yes, 
Nonetheless, God kept his promise. He kept it alive for 700 years and for a prophetic remnant to arise who were hungry, who were desperate for a savior and a deliverer. 700 years later, he came. You know, one of the most important questions that we can answer today as the church of Jesus Christ is who was in the manger? Santa wasn't in the manger. Rudolph wasn't in the manger. It's a wonderful life wasn't in the manger. Elf wasn't in the manger. I, I, I think we need to understand this because the answer to this has profound implication. It has profound implication to where we have been and where we are and where we are going. And I really feel this as, as a church in revival and as a church of revivalists. It's imperative that we carry with us this revelation of governmental increase. Because the one in the manger now sits on a throne. Isaiah's revelation went beyond the baby that was born to a son that was given. You see, sons are heirs to kingdoms. You want to know? See, 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 many of us know who Jesus is, but do we know where he is? That's why we sing that song, he's not a baby anymore. Because many of us still see him in a manger, just a baby that was born, the savior of the world. But you've got to understand what's really important is not knowing who he is, that's important, but we also need to know where he is. Because if I know where he is, who he is means more to me. See, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says, The son then took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. I'm talking about where Jesus is right now. I'm talking about where Jesus is today. First Peter 3.22 says, Jesus Christ, who is now in heaven at the place of the supreme authority next to God, the very power of heaven, including every angel and authority, now yield in submission to him. This is where Jesus is today. You've got to know this one that was in a manger, but really what you've got to know is who he is today. The child became a son, became an heir to the kingdom, and now he sits at the highest throne. Jesus shares God's strength and power and blessing. The place of highest honor and authority. The child became a son, an heir. May, may we never forget the narrative of the gospel. The whole gospel. The whole gospel says that there was a cradle, there was a cross, and then there was a crown. 
And now he rules. Now he is reigning. The full gospel must preach he came as a baby. God wrapped in flesh. But also must preach he died on a cross, the sinless one. And but also must preach that 40 days after he came out of the tomb of resurrection, he ascended. And he ascended into the heavenlies to the highest point and sat down on a throne at the right hand of God. And right now, in reality, if you can grasp this and kind of pull your mind back in from all the fantasies of, of Christmas and the trappings of Christmas and pull back from all of that, that we understand right now he is ruling and reigning in heaven. He sits on a throne. But not only that, he is ruling and reigning in the earth through the ecclesia, the, the, the ruling body of Jesus Christ. He is ruling and he is reigning. How do you know? Because the Bible says, that we in Christ have been seated in heavenly places and the church now sits on the throne with the king of glory. We are in him. He is in us. We're not babies anymore. We are sons and we are daughters. Ruling and reigning. I don't know. I don't know where you are, um, but I'm putting my faith on 2022 being a year of the authority of God being revealed through his church. See, Jesus, because of where he sits this morning, is in a place of proximity and in a posture of power. So I'm putting my faith that in 2022, being the year of the authority of God, that it will be revealed. The, the, the word that came to the phrase that came to me this morning was manifested authority. We know about it. We sing about it. We pray into it. But how about there's a manifested authority over the church which produces supernatural only God kind of stuff. See, revival is Jesus. And when you bring Jesus into a situation, you're bringing, the, you're bringing the proximity and the presence and the power of the throne among a people of God. And where Jesus is in proximity and power, he gives weight to the eternal purposes of God. In other words, the plan of the ages. What God has planned from beginning to end. It is the authority and the weight that Jesus carries as the son. That when his presence and his proximity is manifested, then you begin to see the eternal purpose of God. Someone, someone said, to know God's name is to know him in a supernatural way. 
They that know their God shall be strong and do mighty exploits. Isaiah is seeing something here. Isaiah is peering beyond the chaos. 700 years and he sees a son, a child born and a son given. He sees authority. He sees government. He sees kingdom. This one that will reign. And he said, oh, by the way, this will happen because God is passionate, full of fire, full of zeal. He will make sure it takes place. Let me, let me, let me just look at this. He said a child will be given, a son will be born, or given to us. Child born, son given. The government will rest on his shoulders. It means he's carrying it. And his name will be called. What has this got to do with us? It's got everything to do with us because you see, if Isaiah can see it 700 years before it can happen and he appears 700 years into, into the future and he says right here, right here, all of these names of God are going to begin to be manifested in the earth, then you can count on it even 2,000 years after that. The same name of God, the same character of God, the same power of God is, 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 is available and it's about ready. Oh, It's about ready to be accessed by the power of his government wonderful counselor you know the term counselor is really not really what we think of today and you know in terms of you know therapists a therapist being someone that you go tell your problems to and then they take your money And instead of you, if you would like somebody else to talk to next week, I'll, I'm available. Now, although Jesus is a counselor like that, we, we, we understand that we can tell our problems to Jesus. He is that. We call that supplication. Casting our cares on the Lord and he will sustain us and he will never let the righteous be shaken. Psalms 55, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. I'm glad we got a caring savior. I'm glad, I'm glad the baby became a son that cares and he listens and we can bring everything to him. And you know what? We can even say it the way we want to say it. We don't got to polish it. We ain't got to clean it up. We ain't got to try to make it sound like it's got to be fake. I just got to talk to you today. Jesus, I need some therapy. You ever need therapy? So, so there is a such a thing as he's the counselor. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit, one of his names is counsel. There's a thing. We need it. But when you really look at the word in, in the Hebrew and how it's, how it's used, it's really speaking more of a military 
strategist, a military strategist. So this baby born, a son given, is a wonderful strategist. It really it carries the idea. It's the reference to a king who has the ability to come up with winning military strategy all the time and every time. You know that he ain't never lost a battle yet. He is a brilliant strategist. This, 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 this is awesome because, as a matter of fact, he, he's, he's wonderful at it. He's a wonderful military strategist. Matter of fact, and so, so the word wonderful there means exceptional, extraordinary, distinguished. This is how, this is how Jesus is the strategist. He's, he's exceptional, extraordinary, distinguished. And, 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 and a better idea of the word for us carries the idea of, of, of supernatural. He is a supernatural strategist. So, so, so we understand that he, he's wonderful. He's a, the literal translation, a wonderful of a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. So Jesus then has the solution to every problem in the world. There ain't nothing that he doesn't know how to fix. There ain't nothing that he doesn't know how to solve. There is a nothing that he don't know how to speak to, reach to, act to, move to. Everything. It may look like total hopelessness out of control, but he has the answer. So Jesus is the supernatural strategist. And you know what? Not only can he solve the problems that we see, he can go deeper and solve the problems we don't even know we have. That's what David was saying, man, God, I know. He, David's pouring out his heart before God after his sin with, with Bathsheba. And he said, Lord, I know you want truth in the inward parts. So I know what's going on in the surface, even with my sin and even with my disobedience and, and with all that's going on around me, even with murder and all that David did at that point in his life, bad, bad, bad choices all around. He said, but I know, God, what you're really wanting to deal with is what's deep on the inside of me. Come on, let's get real. We got stuff going on deep in us, and we need supernatural strategy to get delivered, free, and made whole. Yes? So we live in this culture today of psychiatrists, therapists, life coaches. I'm sure they all have a police. But someone said, it was by a counselor that we fell into sin. Hmm. Says Satan got Eve into a psychoanalysis. And then she got Adam into group therapy. And then together they plunged the whole world into the craziness of sin. Somebody else said that. I'm just quoting. But the good news is. God sent a supernatural strategist to redeem us. So no matter how far the craziness of sin has taken us and worked on us, no matter what it has done and manifested through us, there is a redeeming Savior. Ah, there was a, there was a child born and a son given. And this strategist 
We'll win everything back that's been lost. Our Bible says that Jesus is the wisdom of God. What does that mean? That means Jesus was God's battle plan. God's battle plan. God's way of redeeming. Get him back everything. He was the answer and he's still the answer. The baby that was born and the son that was given. Let, let, let me counsel you. Let, let, let me advise you. Be careful who you listen to. You know what I have found? Some people don't feel comfortable talking with someone who has more than they have, who has done more than they have done, who seemingly have been able to make wise choices and wise decisions, therefore see the blessing and the prosperity of God upon their life. Therefore, oh, let me say it like this. When you're needing some help, and you're needing someone to talk to. Make sure you talk to somebody that has been where you are, but didn't stay where you are. You know what I'm talking about? You're getting financial advice of somebody at work, and they're making the same kind of money you're making. They're working on the same kind of job you've been working on. They haven't made any increase. They haven't made any adjustments. They're in the same place you are in there. Don't listen to somebody that's in the same place you are. You need to find somebody that has been where you are, but heard the voice of God and the word of God and obeyed the will of God and saw the blessing of God break through their life, turn their life around. Y'all hearing a preacher? I'm trying to help a brother and a sister out. Stop listening to the wrong voices. But we have a supernatural counselor. A wonderful counselor. Well, what's exciting about that, not only is he a wonderful counselor, he is a mighty God. A mighty God. Psalms 24, 8. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in the midst a victorious warrior. He will exude you over, uh, uh, over you with joy. He will be quiet you with his love. And he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. I'm telling you, this God is a God of victory. And when you follow his victory, he gets so excited that he shouts about you. He releases love over you. So not only is God the supernatural strategist, he also has the strength and the power to make his strategy successful. It's one thing to come up with plans. It's a whole nother thing to have the power to produce the plan. In the Hebrew, mighty God is El Kabor. El Kabor. 
literally means hero God or warrior God. So here we go again with this image, these images. We keep coming up with these images of warfare, battleground images. So he has the strategy for battle. He has the strength to back up his plan and to carry out his strategy to complete victory because God has never lost a battle. And when it finishes, he is always victorious. Every time. Every time. He is the commander of all the hosts of heaven. Angel armies move as he speaks, as he commands. See, we forget about those angels, don't we? They're invisible. Don't forget, they're also invincible. This mighty God, a baby is born, a son is given. He knows exactly what he's doing when he's going to do it. And he has all strength that backs him, heaven and earth. All authority. Submission to him. And then we see he's an everlasting father. An everlasting father. Eternal father. One, one, one seminarian called him the father of eternity. The father of coming ages. The everlasting father. One who is the very origin of eternity. Break out of the, the tyranny of the temporal for a moment. And understand that God was even before eternity. Can you explain that? No. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. And he is the end. And his throne is forever and ever. This, this, this was stretching my, my, my ability to comprehend. Because in our minds, we, ha we have a way of simplifying these things, but really there's no simple way when you begin to talk about an everlasting father. He was before the world. He will be when the world is done and days are no more. God will always be. Because he has always been. <laughs> Creation may be wearing out, but God is not. The world may be fading, but God is not. This world may be a mess. You say, oh my God, who planned this thing? God did. But it makes sense to him. Just because 
it don't make sense to you, just because it don't look right to you, just because it looks like everything is wearing out and breaking down. Whoa, it isn't. God's got a plan. He's working it. Okay, let me say that. He is a sovereign God, and he is God all by himself. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He can do what he wants when he wants to do it. But thank God. He said, come in here and work with me. I got a plan of the ages, and you are called to be a part of the plan. Matter of fact, Paul said in Ephesians, he said, it's like a work of art. Your life is like poetry. God has painted something out brilliantly for you to live in. God didn't just wake up in 2020. He's an everlasting God. He literally powers the universe he powers it it all stays alive the bible says it consists of his word the universe he's like the the battery that just never runs out everlasting he powers it and he rules it he said, but what about the bad stuff? It's because there's bad people. What's he doing with the bad people? He's manipulating them. He's pulling strings. It doesn't matter who's, who's, who's got physical possession of our nation or the nations. Ultimately, God's pulling the strings. He's the puppet master. Ah, uh, he's strategic, remember? He's got a plan. He's got a plan. When time began, it didn't, it wasn't random. I think like, now know what I gotta I gotta figure out how I'm gonna wrap this thing up and what it's gonna look like. No, he already knew because he didn't go from the beginning to the end. He went from the end to the beginning. He said, When we get to the end, it's gonna look like this, and this is how we're gonna get there. And it's gonna look like this, and then in 2020, it's gonna look crazy and chaotic, and it's gonna look like everything's out of control, and then you're gonna go in 2021 and it ain't gonna look much better, and then you're gonna go in 2022, and he said, this would be a good spot for me to release the manifestation of my authority and power. This is a good spot for revival and awakening to come to the name. This is a good. Oh, y'all ain't hearing the preacher. How do you know that? Because I sense something in my spirit. And so you always sense what God is doing, but what you feel in your spirit before you see it with your eyes. He said, I can't see it. You don't have to see it. You just got to sense it in your. The everlasting father, the Bible also causes him the everlasting God. El Olam. El Olam. He gives us he gives us a promise. You can count on him to be around until it's done. He will never ever be an absentee father. He is the everlasting father. He could have just said he's the everlasting God, but he said he's the everlasting father. 
Babies are born. Sons are produced through process. When he uses the, the name Father, Father God, he's talking about God's acts toward us are like a father. Now, for some of you, that's difficult to deal with because you're dealing with father wounds. I'm going to speak to somebody right now because I felt when I got right here, the Holy Spirit say this because it's going to touch somebody. Some of you are dealing with father wounds. See, the natural impulse when we come into faith is that we view God through the lens of our earthly father. For those of us who have had good fathers, then we see God as someone who brings us security and stability, strength to our lives. It's not a stretch for us to see God as a father. But when you've had a father who has been absent, a father who was abusive, a father that never hugged you or told you he loved you and believed in you. Then it gets difficult for me to comprehend an everlasting father. Because if my father has been absent and my father has been abusive, it begins to create barriers for me knowing God as father. See, if he's been absent, then I see him as distant. I see God as distant. I see God as uncaring. I see God who is unfaithful. My father left me. I, I, I'm afraid that if I do anything wrong, then Father God's going to leave me. My dad was an abusive disciplinarian. This causes us to think then, then God... It's an abusive, if God, if I do anything wrong, God's going to be, it's like, hey, wait till God gets home. And fear strikes in your heart. I've come to let somebody know you have a loving heavenly father. A baby was born, a son was given. Matthew 8, Jesus said, if you believe, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Luke 12, 32, do not fear. Do not fear, little flock, for it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you the kingdom, to give you the kingdom. I have come to break off somebody in this room right now that, that you have a skewed view of who God is, this everlasting father. I have come to let you know that he is a God that loves you. He is a God that wants to give you good gifts. And if you had a good mama and daddy and you got lots of good gifts for Christmas, then you got to know your heavenly father rejoices over you when you open Open every gift that he has put on the inside of you. He 
doesn't want his kids begging other people for what the father has to give them. Ask me, he said. Ask me. Quit going here and quit going there. Ask me, a father who is in heaven. I will give you everything you ask for. Yes, an everlasting father. An everlasting father. The father of eternity is my father. That means my heavenly father, who's a strategist, and nothing has enough power to stop what he plans. As a father to me. That means everything that is planned over my life, God has already been strategic, like a father would before a son or a daughter, to make sure they get everything they need, to get to the place I've designed them to be. And to function at the level I've called them to function at. As a father. As a father, I want nothing more for my daughter and my son and my grandchildren than to be all that God has called them to be. You finally get to a place, you know, you know, maybe you're growing up a little bit when you finally get to the place when everything turns. And it's no longer about me. It's no longer about what I can do. It's not even about what I can leave. All that matters is what can I put into my children? What can I have to put into their lives? What can I have to put into the lives of my grand? Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm talking about. And knowing this one thing, that your God will never walk out on you. You say, why not? Because he already knew in the beginning everything you were going to do. He knew your flaws. He knew your misgivings. He, he knew everything about you. He knew your dysfunctions. He knew the pain you would go through, the trouble you would go through. But in the end, he has a plan, a good plan, as a good father for you. Wow, oh, 2,000 years ago, a son was given. One theologian said, fatherlessness has become the death of God. I don't know what your father did to you. I don't know how your father treated you. I don't know what your relationship is like today. I don't know what your relationship, father, that you have with your son. I do know this. God already has a plan to redeem it. God has the ability to redeem everything we go through. I don't know. I just feel this. I just feel like... You know what, sons, make sure, make sure you do everything you can to be right with your father. And fathers, make sure everything you can to be right with your sons and your daughters. Make sure, make sure, make sure. Don't live a life because it is influencing your walk with God. Because you need to get up every day and know your father is for you. Your father believes in you. Your father's decreeing and rejoicing and dancing and singing and loving you. You need to understand he's all about 
about you. He's all about, you don't have to be about yourself. He's all about you. You just be about him and everything he is. Everlasting father. A child was born, a son was given. Who's in the manger? Who's in the manger, Isaiah? Who is the one to move us from devastation to deliverance? Who is that one? Who is he? Oh, he's the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. We understand the Hebrew word here for Peace is shalom. Shalom. He is the prince of shalom. A prince being a son of, of the king. Shalom. Completeness. Wholeness. Health. Welfare. Safety. Soundness. All in shalom. Rest. Prosperity, fullness, and the list goes on and on and on and on. We know in the Bible it is greeting and salutation. Shalom. Hello. Shalom. Goodbye. It, it literally means to have, I, I, I hope, when you say someone like Shalom, you're decreeing to them, I hope you have all the highest coming your way. May you have all the highest coming your way. You know, there's some things in your life you need to be able to say hello to. And you need to say goodbye to. Because in the middle of those is a thing called peace. So as we're going into a new year, you might want to look at your life and there may be some things you need to say goodbye. And as you say goodbye to some things, there may be some things you need to look at and say, hello, welcome to my world. Welcome to my life. Welcome. I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on God's highest in this area. I've been waiting on God's best in this area. I've been waiting on the Prince of Peace to show up. You see, as I was meditating on this, then I came to the reality, peace is not the absence of pressure. It's the presence of a prince. The prince, the one that sits at the right hand of God. The God of peace, the prince of peace. Who's in that manger? The prince of peace. John 16, 33, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you. That in me you may have peace, shalom, in the world. Oh, he says, you may have tribulations. Talipsa, Greek, pressure. You may have pressure, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
this is a promise from the Prince of Peace. He said, you may have pressure in this life, but it's okay because I've overcome the world. The world may try to squeeze the very life out of you. The world might try to take everything away from you and leave you broken, leave you like you ain't got no strength to do anything. But he says, be of good cheer. And we know the phrase of good cheer means to be courageous. I have come to say to the people of God, be courageous. We don't know everything 2022 will hold. I guarantee you it's going to hold some pressure situations over your life and over your family. But I, I take the words of the Prince of Peace. I say, be courageous, child of God. Be courageous. He has overcome the world. You know what's interesting about that statement is that the, 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 the overcome the world, I've overcome the world. The, the word world in the Greek is cosmos. Cosmos is the arena where Satan tries to wield his influence. Please understand, Satan is not the God. He's the, the Bible is very clear that Satan is the God of the, uh, of the world. But he's not the God of earth. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. But this, this guy I call Satan, he owns, he, he, he manipulates and he sets up systems which he causes men to give into and men to use that he may rule and wield his influence in this place we call the cosmos or a place of world systems. So Paul is absolutely correct when he said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. So we understand that this is not a physical war. It is a spiritual war. But also we understand there are those who are under the sway of Satan and he manipulates them to do evil things and to create systems that are of the Antichrist. They are Antichrist systems and they will try to persecute the church. They will try to slow the church down. But I have come to tell you no much. No matter how much pressure they put on the church, the church has already overcome because Jesus has already overcome everything. I said he has overcome everything. He's not going to. He has. This is what he's saying in the text. He said, I have overcome everything. I am overcoming everything. And I will overcome everything. Have you ever wondered why that our Bible says the prophet Jeremiah and Ezekiel both speak to it that in the end time they will cry out peace, peace, peace. It will be so demanding. The world will cry, we need peace. The chaos will be crazy. The pressure intense. And there will be a cry. Because in time, chaos creates this cry. Peace. Peace. And Jeremiah and Ezekiel said to me, said there will be no peace. But the false prophets rise. And they said, don't listen to them. Peace is here. 
Peace is coming. The false prophets were releasing a pseudo peace over the people. God's intent was not for the world to have peace outside of his peace. And there will never be a man, there will never be a woman who has the character, that has the authority and the charisma to take the world and say that they shall have peace, but one in his name is called the Antichrist. And there will be a rise at the end. Paul said it like this in Thessalonians. He said that there will be a cry for peace. And there will be a cry for peace and safety. He'll take care of us. We need peace. The world's a mess. We got to have peace. We got to have somebody take care of us. But, but he said, but it will not stop. There will be no peace. God still needs end time prophets that will stand up and declare. Without Christ, there is no peace. But there is, there is a child born. And a son given. He is the prince of peace. Get up on your feet and shout yes. See in the midst of all of this end time prophecy. Because prophetically one day Jesus will return. And he will take his place as the prince of peace. And he will rule the earth. He will rule the earth in peace. How, does he, how can he rule the world in peace? It's chaotic because of his strength. Peace through strength came from God. Whenever I sees who he is, how mighty he is, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. And he will set on David's throne because God said he would and forever and ever the government of God shall manifest throughout eternity it has no end I say it was right he was right God delivered on his seven-year promise his own passion his own commitment to his purpose for his people the zeal of the Lord of hosts has done this there is a government church I want you to understand as we move from one year to the next in time it is merely the clicking of a clock the turning of a calendar but in the realm of God it is the increase of his kingdom we don't know when he's going to come we just know he's coming I still believe he's coming People get ready. But until he comes, revival, awakening, and whatever we go through, the dynamic power of his spirit and the demand of the times, we know this. We have a wonderful counselor.
a mighty God, an everlasting Father, a Prince of Peace. All that He is, we get to experience. I simply wanted to come today and preach this simple message because I want the people of God to be ready. Be ready. Revival is depending on us. The mantle for the nation is depending on us. We must carry this revelation of governmental increase. What does all that mean? That means God has more. God has greater authority, yes, to be released in the earth. We haven't seen all he is yet. And all he wants to release. I want you to be ready. I want to release over you today a revelation. I want to release over you today an encounter with this God who came as a baby 2,000 years ago, but today sits at the right hand of the Father as a son, ruling and reigning in great power. We have nothing to fear, church. We have nothing to worry about. This foreboding spirit that my wife talked about has no right over your life. You have an everlasting Father. He's got your back. He's going to carry you through to the end. Hallelujah. I want you to come and join me around the front of this building. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to break some things off. first thing I want to see broken off today is this living random lives too many of us aren't living our life our life is living us our God is not random he's strategic and we've got to learn how to discern and hear to know the will of God To know why we're going through what we're going through. To walk out the wisdom of God. And to be filled with His strength. And to see God move what needs to be moved. And raise up what needs to be raised up. And tear down what needs to be torn down. I want you to throw your hands up and I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would begin to break the people of God free. Lord, for just getting up every day and just living a, a, a life. But Lord, you have called them to purpose. You've called them to a strategic lifestyle. You have an assignment for them, oh God. And may they find that assignment, may they give their life to that assignment, oh Lord. I come against the power of the enemy who likes to bring delusional spirits and deceive us, oh God. And to get us running down the wrong tracks of life. But I say your people are solid, they are strong. That they have strong spirits of discernment today, I pray. And I break off this random attitude. 
this random attitude and help us oh god to begin to connect with things bigger than we are i decree it over them now in the name of jesus that they would rise to the level of the mantle that they carry in this house in the name of jesus and i thank you for it father and lord i pray now that the mighty god would release strength and power that we would see oh lord your amazing works among your people i decree it now oh god that where there needs to be breakthrough there will be breakthrough where there needs to be suddenlies there will be suddenlies where there are strongholds and cycles that there will be breakthrough now in the name of jesus i pray el kabor the mighty god the mighty god the mighty god will rise over the people of god and speak over them and declare over them your victory your victory your victory you have never lost a battle therefore your people should never lose the battle fight oh God I break the spirit that causes you to quit when everything gets hard some of y'all have a record in your life every time it gets hard you quit you quit you quit but I'm telling you you're quitting too soon never quit may El Kabor rise over you and energize you with the power to fight to the finish I say, may you have a fresh revelation of your eternal Father. May you have a fresh revelation. I decree over you if, if you are suffering from a right vision of God as Father. I decree that the work of the enemy in that area is now broken. I decree that he re rewires your brine and gives you a revelation of the Father and who he is and how he really is towards you. I decree it now in the name of Jesus that you understand you are loved you are believed in oh the same one that made the plan for your life has it's got got you covered with his love and his power i decree the eternal one is guiding you and leading you and i pray right now lord if there's any relationships between fathers and sons and daughters and sons that there would be restoration and redemption now in the name of jesus no matter how long no matter how many years but lord i decree right now you take it all and redeem it, O oh God, and give them a revelation, a heart of the Father in heaven toward them, O oh Lord. I pray it in the name of Jesus. And I decree the Prince of Peace. Some of y'all are still carrying the fears that Pastor Kim even dealt with so powerfully earlier in the service. You're carrying the fears of dying. You're carrying the fears of death. But I say as a child of God, death is nothing to fear. Death is our graduation into the most glorious presence of our God and our Savior that we will ever have. We have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. Your God is with you and your God is for you. And I also break the fear off of you financially. Uh, not having enough, I decree that poverty spirit be broken in the name of Jesus. I decree that you will no longer be anxious. But you will bring those situations to God and he will give you perfect peace. The spirit of fear must go spirit of fear let the people of God go father I pray right now for a supernatural download of faith 
a supernatural download of faith in your people, oh God. That it will become hard for us not to believe that you're the God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think. I come against the lies of the enemy, oh God, that is that to try to impede the very character and the nature of God. Telling us that you're not able or you're not willing. But I decree you are able and I decree you are willing. And I decree over your people, oh God. The spirit of fear broken now and the spirit of faith comes. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for a supernatural outbreak, oh God, over your people. I thank you, Lord, that you're preparing us to experience revival and awakening. I thank you, Lord, that we are in a season of the manifestation of your authority like we have never seen before in the earth, oh Lord. So, Lord, we bring ourselves into submission. We bring ourselves into submission. We lay, we kneel, we cry out, oh God, before your throne and we say, Lord, not our will, but your will be done. In the earth as it is in heaven, oh God. Lord, I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want you to begin to build yourself up in your most holy faith. I want you to begin to prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. No matter what you face, no matter what you go through, no matter what rises up in your life, no matter what comes against your marriage, no matter what comes against your children, no matter what comes against you physically and financially, I decree over you, you shall stay in faith. You shall stay in faith. You shall stay in faith. Therefore, if you stay in faith, you shall stay in joy. You shall stay in joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, God, once again, that you are a victorious king and that you're rising and you're rising over your people to manifest your victory, that you have overcome everything and you are overcoming everything that we will face in 2022. So we shout because the victory is ours. Shout because the victory is ours. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.